Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And tonight we're going to continue with our journey through Acts. We're going to start with 16. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Thank you, Dorothy. Uh, thank you very much. And I was saying, I, I was just bragging to a friend of mine how you got me on this program. And I really appreciate it because it gives me a chance to give words of encouragement, words of understanding, words of knowledge that most churches don't want to teach because they don't want to talk about signs, wonders, or miracles. They don't want to talk about deliverance. They don't want to talk about demons. They figure that if you don't mess with the, the devil, the devil's not going to mess with you. But that's a lie. The devil's a liar from the beginning. He's always going to mess with you. And the only weapon that we have to fight back is putting on the whole armor of God and then understanding and using the scriptures. As you put on the whole armor of God, you know, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having the shield of faith to quench the all, not some, all of the fiery darts of the enemy, having on the helmet of salvation, knowing that you're saved. Now, I don't care if somebody says, I don't think you're saved. Know for yourself that you're saved. Then it says, taking out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and supplication. In other words, know how to pray. Know what your weapons. For the Bible says our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. So as we as the children of God, the most high God, we have the most powerful weapons there are, but if we don't know how to use them, or if we don't use them, or if we let fear get into us, then fear will destroy us. And some of the things, like, as I say, I've been teaching on the book of Acts for the, for the longest, and we're at Acts 16 now. And because the book of Acts is full of signs, wonders, and miracles, and that's supposed to be the act of the apostles, act of the Holy Ghost, act of the church, whatever you want to call it, but it's the acts. And because of that, it shows us what is the example of what we should have. Our church should not be dead churches like they are nowadays. They say, well, we're dancing, we're shouting. That is not what the Bible says. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We're supposed to be ready for warfare. And then when a person comes out of the church, they should be coming out feeling lighter. That's what most people, when I go to to these churches where Jesus is, they come out lighter. Demons done came off of them. Miracles started happening. I done seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, Uh, people who couldn't get a job. And all of a sudden, the next day, the very next day, jobs come open for them positions of promotion and stuff. So that's why I'm telling us, you know, our God, if you're really serving Jesus, he's not dead. And the scriptures are not dead words on a dead page, but it's alive and it's quick and it teaches you and leads you and guides you by the unction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a, a gift that God gives us. That's where the mercy is. You know, so, well, God gives you grace and all this and, grit and mercy. Yes, he does. But through the spirit, he does that. He wants you to learn to be like him. He wants you to kill your ego daily and humble yourself under God. 
And then when you do that, you'll start studying the scriptures. And the more you study the scriptures, the more you understand how does God think? What does he want from me? Because a lot of people nowadays, they still don't know what the will is for their for their day, for their day or their month or their year, and they're just going around just existing. But if you know the will of God for your life, I can't say for everybody, but for your life, it gives you purpose every day. And no matter what's going on, you have a purpose, and you keep driving on through that purpose. The scriptures are there to uh, give us education. It's there to give us strength. Well, how do you get strength by reading the scriptures? Because it is not natural. They are supernatural. And supernatural, they feed us. And being fed, we are uh, developing in the spirit realm daily. And not only in in the spirit realm daily, but we go up different levels. That's why it says from faith to faith to glory to glory. If you're in the same level you've been 20 years ago, you're still eating baby food. Well, I know how to quote the scriptures and all that, but yes, you may know how to quote the scriptures, but are you living the scriptures? Is Jesus really living in you? But then you can quote that scripture. says, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. So let's start with the Acts, the 16th chapter, because we're going to be talking about that and a few other things the Lord has given me tonight to talk about, those that your life will start getting more meaningful to yourself and more peace. Because that's what most people want, peace in their life. And that's what they're hungry and thirsting for. And Jesus is the prince of peace. So continuing on, Acts 16. Then came he to Deborah and Lester, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman who was Jewish. And believed, and, but his father was Greek. In other words, you see they made it clear that his mother was Jewish. What is a Jew? It is one who receives the most high God authority. In other words, she believed in what uh, Moses said that he heard from the most high God, and the, and the God that he served was Yahweh, and that uh, these are the rules that he wants us to live by. And she was a woman of rules. The kingdom is made up on rules. But it said, and believed. And then, it, but it said, but his father was Greek. Greek means everything else other than Jew. It means this word called Gentile, which means you do not have a covenant with the most high God. Well, I believe in God but you don't have a covenant with him. A covenant means I surrender all I have and I give it to you, and whatever you tell me to do, that I will do. In other words, you become a disciple, or easier to say you become a slave to the most high God who loves you, and he's going to take care of you. Let's go to verse 2, which was well reported by the brothers, that were enlisted at Iconia. And him would Paul have gone forth to him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews were in the quarters, for they knew all that his father was, they all knew that his father was Greek. 
And what they wanted to do, uh, the Jews wanted uh, Timotheus to be circumcised to show that he has had a covenant with the Most High God, all right, because he was Jewish. So that don't mean if you were not born a Jew, that means you got to go out and get circumcised. Only a Jew needs to be circumcised if he accepts the covenant with the rest of his family, which is with God, starting with uh, Moses, Abraham, and all of them. All right? So then it says, and as they went through the city, they delivered them the decree for to keep. And they were ordained of the apostles and elders, which were at Jerusalem. And so when the church established uh, established in the faith and increased in the number daily, what is faith? Faith means trust. Trust what? Trust that God is who he says he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, when he had gone through Paraná and the region of Galilee and was forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they uh, came to Mysia and tried to go to Bethalina, but the Spirit suffered them not. And wait a minute now. According to this thing, the Holy Spirit will sometimes stop you from doing something. And they passed by Mysia, came into Troy, and a vision appeared unto Troy, uh, Paul in the night. There's a man, there, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So let's look back at these other three here, because most of the time people read the Bible and they read over it. They don't stop to study. They don't understand what the Bible says. Meditate. Meditate upon the word. Because what meditation means is means not to go sit there and say alms, alms, alms. You're calling on a demon then. But meditate means think about what you just read. Go back over it. Chew it up again. Swallow it. Regurgitate. I know it sounds bad, but that's what it means. Regurgitate and re-eat it again or think about it again. Get an understanding so that... Uh, no man or woman will be able to twist the scriptures on you because you'll know the Bible for yourself. So it says uh, on the sixth verse, it says the Holy Ghost prevented them from speaking in Asia. And then uh, as they tried to go to another place, the Holy Ghost didn't tell them, oh, don't go to another place. He just stopped them from going there. So in other words, sometimes in your life, your li- this is what is called a life travel. You'd be thinking, well, maybe I need to go such and such, or I need to do so-and-so, and you don't know if it's God's will or not. Step forth first. If the Holy Ghost don't want you to do something, he'll stop you. He'll block it. And don't get mad. Like, if you put in for a job, and the job you wanted you didn't get, that's because he got a better job for you. It might be two or three days down the road. It might be a month down the road. But I need money now. I need help now. Listen. He will not leave you or forsake you if he had to have a stranger to walk up to you and give you money or give you food for your family. God will take care of you if, and it's a big if, you trust him. All right? Then they said that Paul had a vision 
appeared to him in the night. God deals with us in dreams and visions. Sometimes you'll have what they call an open vision, or you'll have a closed vision. An open vision that your eyes is wide open, and all of a sudden you'll see something that'll be either something that related to your uh, that you need to know about, or something that's going to happen in the future. But your eyes is wide open. You're not asleep. You're not in a trance. A closed vision is that you probably are asleep or you feel like you're going into the trance state and the Lord will speak to you or tell you something or show you things to come. So that's what it was. Paul was in a closed vision. They said in the night. And there stood a man in Macedonia and prayed, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be uh, established. So when the man comes, because of the dreams, he's going to look for that, that word to let him know that God sent him by what he says. And the 10th verse says, and after, after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosening from Troy, he came in t- with a straight course to S- Samoteria and the next day to Neopolitan. And there hence Philippi, which is the chief city of the part of Macedonia, and a colony, and were in the city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, when we went out of the city into by the riverside, their prayer was, as a custom that they were made, they sat down and spoke unto this woman which resorted hither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, and uh, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul. Now, if you notice, God always has somebody prepared for you if he's sending you somewhere. There's some of you people right now wonder, what is my calling in life? Am I supposed to be a preacher? Am I supposed to be a teacher? Am I supposed to be an apostle? Am I supposed to be? Listen, study to show yourself approved unto God first. Know the words that you'll be a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. So many people pack up and rent to be apostles and prophets and teachers and stuff, and they're not one. And what you do is you open up portals. You open up doors to demons that you're not ready to fight. That's why a lot of preachers are defeated, or a lot of preachers, they'll back down. Instead of them preaching the the message of what thus says the Lord, they preach those tickling, itching messages that make you feel good, but they ain't helping your soul. If you give your tithes and offering, God's going to bless you. But they forget about the part, do what's right first. Change your soul purpose from doing what the world is doing to doing what God wants you to do. First thing, if I, if I, if I didn't know the Lord for myself, I would look for the, what does the Lord require of me? And the Bible always interprets itself. So if you will take your time to find out what does the Lord require of you, 
then it makes it a little bit easier on this road. It's not an easy road. It's a little bit easier when you understand what your purpose is. So if you want to know what does God require of you, it's in uh, Micah, the sixth chapter, and the eighth verse. And it says, this is what the Lord requires of you, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Well, first of all, you got to understand, what is God? God is the word. What is the word? The scriptures. Base your love, base your knowledge, base everything you know on the scriptures of God and that the Holy Spirit will keep you from being confused and getting it twisted. Because there's people out here, their assignment is to twist the scriptures on you, to get you confused, to where you don't know what is right and what is wrong. You don't know what you need to, who you need to be blessing and who you need to be shining away from. There's some people, they go out here and they just bless everybody. But you don't know. A lot of times you're blessing the kingdom of darkness and your finances ain't going nothing but to the kingdom of darkness. And so you're not going to reap a reward. Find out what the Holy Spirit is telling you to. You remember we looked at there where it says the Holy Spirit stopped Paul from going certain areas and stuff until he got into the place he's supposed to be going. He gave him a dream that he's supposed to go to Macedonia. So let's continue to read here. And uh, the 15th verse, it says that when he and when she was baptized and her whole household, she besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, Come into my house and abide there. And she prevailed upon us. And it came to pass, as they went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her master much gain by soothsaying. Now, as I told you, every chapter in the book of Acts has supernatural uh, aspects, signs, wonders, and miracles. And here's this woman here that has the spirit of divination. That means she's able to see things of the future and prophesy. But the prophecy was of the devil. It was not of the most high God. Then uh, the 17th verse, it says, the same followed Paul and us crying, saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which shows us the way of salvation. And this they, she did many days. But Paul, being greed, or angry, turned and said to the spirit, he didn't say to the woman, he said to that spirit that was in her, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of that her. And she, he came out the same hour. A lot of times people are looking for miracles. When Just because we pray or say something, they'll say, oh, it's got to be instant. It's got to be instant. No, God is still God. He can do whatever it takes. Sometimes it might take minutes. It might take weeks. Man, you got to keep on confirming your prayer. Never stop. Pray without ceasing. Look at Daniel. Daniel prayed for 21 days before he got his word or his miracle. So you may have to pray for years on something, but it's all about the journey. It's just a test. Don't quit. Do not kill yourself. Do not you the one that want to kill yourself right now, you feel so depressed, and you listen to this broadcast, and you don't know why you're listening to it. God has a purpose for you. God has a reason for you. 
So just remember, study the word, and he will speak to you. That's where God speaks to us, through the word. And so anyway, uh, here she is talking about these are the men that shows the way of salvation. But Paul was able to discern. That's another gift that you'll have to ask the Lord for. He was able to discern or judge that this spirit was a spirit of the devil. And so as he didn't call it to come out, then starting at 19, and when her master saw that the hope of their game was gone, they caught Paul and Cyrus and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs that are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. In other words, they were saying, Listen, these men here are teaching things of their God, but not of our God. But yet and still, they was, uh, Paul and them was trying to teach them the truth about the one true God, but all they were thinking about is money. What is the world doing now? Oh, if you give your tithes and offers, you're gonna, God's going to give you a house. God's going to give you a new car. You're all about money. And the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It ain't say the lack. It's the love of money because you don't put money as your idol. It's called mammon. He brings up material wealth towards you. You need this. You need that and all that. Oh, don't worry about God. God ain't going to help you right now or if he's going to help you. He ain't going to be mad if you get overabundant and everything you need, no matter how you got it, if you had to steal, kill, or destroy all you have to do is think about it, steal, kill, and destroy. It's the same thing the devil's always been doing. So he continue on, the 22nd. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the, the uh, magistrate wrenched off their clothes and commanded to, be, to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet firm in stocks. In other words, being a Christian ain't easy. Telling the truth, everybody's not going to love you. Some things you're going to go through, there's going to be trials and tribulations, but the Bible says, rejoice, for I have overcome the world. That was Jesus. And Jesus said, if you want to reign with me, you must be willing to suffer with me. And one of the things you have to do is crucify every day your ego. Your ego. Put that thing down. Somebody hurts your feeling. Well, I got to give them a piece of my mind. Hold on. You ain't got that much that you're using anyway. I think the science says we only use 5%, so don't give away that little bit you got. Then it says, uh, 24, having received such a charge, as I said, it put, and put him deep in the, the prison and put stocks on him or locked him down. And at midnight, Paul and Cyrus prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and every man's band was loosened. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled or escaped. 
But Paul cried out in a loud, loud voice, Do not do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And why didn't Paul escape? Why didn't Silas escape? Because they had a mission, and that's what you're going to have. You have a job. Sometimes it might cost you your life to do God's will. But the thing is, be willing. Be willing to die if need be. Uh, Dorothy, will you give them the We have a question. Yeah, okay. we have a question. It's Eric Code 702. Your mic is open. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I just uh, am listening here on my lunch break. And it's a good teaching. Okay. This is a, this is a good word. I hadn't heard uh, these scriptures uh, in this light yet. Uh, so, but I wanted to ask about uh, angels. Sort of. Okay. Um, not to spoil it, but you know, coming up is then the Lord he loosened that angel right to open them up, let them out of that prison. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, right. it didn't actually. It didn't tell you that that the angel left it out, but uh, the Holy Spirit could have did it. The Holy Spirit could have sent angels to do it, but it didn't elaborate it on it this time. Right. But there is oh, okay. times in the Bible where where it does show where the angel opened up when Peter was in jail by himself. But in this, it didn't. It did not say if it was an angel or the Holy Spirit did it. Okay. Well, okay. uh past that, I uh in my own personal life, I know that uh Psalms 91 says mm-hmm. that we have angels which are assigned unto us, righteous angels. And so yes. uh I've noticed that in times of deliverance, you will call on angels and sometimes mm-hmm. by name to to help with with the deliverance process. How how mm-hmm. do I learn these angels? How do I learn the names of my angels or how do I operate to make use of these these uh ser- fellow servants of the Lord that the Holy Spirit is, has given us access to? Okay, that's a good question. Uh a lot of times as you flow into the spirit of God, he will give you names of angels. Now in the Bible we got two that you're is mentioned in there and that is Michael and Gabriel. Those are the two that's mentioned by name. But there's others that's in the Bible that most people don't know. It is uh, mentioned by the function of what they did. Like Moses, he said, I would not go up without your presence. Well, you have to look up the Hebrew word for presence, and you'll find out it means uh, Urel. Well, that's an archangel's name, Uriel. And then there's uh, the one that says uh, Jesus at the pool of Bethesda, when they say that angel, didn't even tell his name, it says an angel will come down and trouble the water once a year, and whoever got in there first got healed. Well, then you need to look up the name healing, which is uh, Rapha. God is our healer. Well, there's an angel, and his name is Raphael. So, as I say, God can use names or 
or you know, or give you an understanding. I I met an angel named uh, out of the Old Testament. His name was Micah, and uh, I did not know that his name was Micah or anything else, except the Holy Spirit told me. Now there are other books in the Bible that were there in the beginning until the Catholic Church took them out, and it's not the original Catholic Church. It was one of uh, Lysine, which was in 325 A.D. and stuff. They changed things. But the original Catholic Church had books in there like the Book of Enoch. And Enoch has seven angels' name in there uh, that came from heaven. And he has over 200 other names of the, of the angels that fell from heaven that had uh, – military units under them and that's what we're fighting nowadays what they call the fallen angels or their children are called nephilims all right did i answer your question you did i just uh one uh last part here so it's uh okay it's not evil for me to call on the name of righteous angels because, you know, people in the other kingdom might call on the names of their gods, which are fallen angels. Yes, so then you're if, right. Because even Jesus had angels to attend to him. When he came out of the wilderness, and they said the angels met him. So, yes, it's all right to have righteous angels that help us. Because okay. we're... Not in this earth by ourselves. We're here to be with one another, and that the angels are here are called ministering angels to help the saints. All right. Well, that's all I had to ask. Well, I'm glad to hear from you, Sir Daniel, and glad you called, and be glad to see you Sunday. Okay. If you get all to right. make it. All right. God bless. Okay. Thank you. Mm hmm. Hey, Dorothy, will you go ahead and tell them how to get in on the broadcast? All right. The call-in number is 646-595-4784. And just be sure to press the 1 if you want have a question. Okay. And also tell them how they can give a donation to the broadcast. I know. I just yes. threw it on you. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to help in this ministry where we have several teachers, um, just you can go to PayPal and use my email, which is dchurchy1 at hotmail.com. Or just drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you anyway, you know, just because. So, okay. Amen. As I say, yeah, because the broadcast they need they need to be taken care of. And as I say, I'm, the Lord has blessed me, so I ain't worried about anything. I, in fact, one of the days I'll teach you how about. In fact, I'll say this real quick: how the Lord brings finances to me. Anytime, and I, I got apostles and prophets and everybody else calling me, how do you get finances? How does God take care of you? I use the word. If you'll work the word, 
the word will work for you. And one of the words that I use is Philippians 4 and 19. Now, this is how you have to operate in this. First of all, you got to believe that God's word will work. If you don't believe it, don't try it. If you have any doubt, don't pray. But if you have an understanding and belief, Philippians 4 and 19, where it says, My God shall supply all of my needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you say that three times. The reason you say three times, the first time you say it, you're saying it to God to let him know you really believe in that. The second time you say it, you're saying it to the devil to let him know that you believe that. The third time you say it is you're saying it to yourself that you believe what you're saying. And watch what happens. I see miracles of finance come all the time or whatever you need. It ain't always finance. Sometimes you need uh, uh, something else besides finance. Sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes you need uh, a word of encouragement. God will send you whatever you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So that's how you get it. If you have any, uh, want to find out again, call in and I'll go over that. But as I said, most of the things that we're looking at here, that the Bible says, and the miracles of, of God all through the books, all through the books of uh, Acts, and it's teaching us step by step, inch by inch, and how Paul traveled the uh, things that he had to learn through, the, through his trials and tribulations, and you will do the same. You will have trials and tribulations. You will have demonic things coming at you. But the thing is, you'll always have supernatural help from the Most High God, and you'll never know how it's going to show up. But anyway, here's this guard. He's getting ready to kill himself. And here, uh, Paul and Silas let him know, hey, look, I'm still here, and don't do any harm to yourself. Then uh, the 28th, 29th verse, it says, Then he called for a light and sprung in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Cyrus and brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? A lot of times when people see that you're walking by faith, and not by sight. They will come to you and say, listen, I want to serve the God you're serving, the most high God, the one who's truly creator of heaven and earth. Right now, you know why people don't serve our God? Because they see no power in the church. They hear all this preaching and teaching, but they see no power. And our God is not dead. He's alive. He didn't leave a last will and testament and say, divide everything among yourself. He said, I'm teaching you a way of living. Do this and prosper. He said, I said before you, life and death. And then he said, I tell you, choose life. True life is understanding the scriptures and walking in the scriptures. And the first thing somebody will say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? 31, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and the last part of it, and thy house. See, a lot of times people don't realize you can either get your house saved or your house cursed. 
if you're the man of the house or if you're the woman of the house or you're the oldest brother of the house or the oldest sister of the house. Listen, do what the word said so that the blessings can come on you. And when it says believe, that means understand, that means trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the word of God. Everything was made by the word of God, and he is God, because the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. So in other words, you want to be blessed? Walk in the word. You want to be blessed? Believe what the word says. If you want to be blessed, obey what the word teaches. Now, it says in... uh, 32nd, it says, and they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in his house. And he took them this, uh, he took them the same hour of the night and washed their uh, stripes and was baptized, he and all of, his, all of his straightway. And when he brought them into his house, he set a meal before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his heart. Now, the thing is, let's go back a little bit, because as I told you, most of the time people read over things and not paying attention to what it really says. It says, and on the 32nd verse, it says, and he spoke unto him the word of the Lord and all that was in his house. What is the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord is the gospel. But what is the gospel? The gospel, they say, is good news. But what is the good news? The good news is that God writes a book for us, and he goes from the beginning to the end. It's all about prophecy. There's no other, no other churches or other books that prophesy the truth, and it comes to pass, and it can prophesy 700 years ahead or 1,000 years ahead, but because we serve the most high God who knows the end, from the beginning, he can tell you what's getting ready to happen. He can tell you what you need to do. And if you believe and obey and teach others that, hey, look, this God, what he says is truth, and he is the true one true God, then others will be saved, including your household. Right. Is there anyone out there that have any messages or comments? It's time to call in now. And we can get you onto the air. All right. We're right now at the uh, 34th verse. It said, when he brought them into his house, he set a meal before them and rejoiced. Rejoice. Rejoice. When you rejoice, you're telling the Lord, thank you for what you've done for you. You show him a happy house, heart. And when you go before a king or a queen, you don't go there sadness. You could get killed. But if you go there with joy in your heart, you make the king joy or the queen joy. And our God is a king above kings. He is above everything. So our job is to make our God happy. And it says that when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this to Paul, the magistrate has sent to let them go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, they had beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, 
and has cast us into prison, and now they thrust us out privately? Nay, no, verily, let us come, let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeant told the words of the magistrate uh, unto the magistrate, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. Now here's what it is: if you're a Roman citizen, that means you're under the Roman law. But they didn't know. All they thought they were just Christians or men going around talking about a new God did not know that Paul was a citizen of Rome. So they had to come down there and apologize and and get him out because they they whooped him publicly and he wanted to be let go publicly. Then it says 39, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And when they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia, and when they had seen the brother, they comforted them and departed. In other words, they wanted to be brought out in the open, and they were. God takes care of his children. You might go through some trials. You may go through some uh, temptations. You may get hurt. You may get beat. But believe me, at the end, it's well worth it because this life is a short time. But eternity is a long time, and it is forever. Fix your things on things that are above and not your heart on the things that's in this earth. Because the things on this earth, it can be destroyed. It can be tore up. It can be hurt. And that means not only physical things, but mental things. Heartaches, heartbreaks, mistrust. Strife and all this can happen to you here. And the thing is, this is the world of the devil. He is the god of this world. It is Satan who's in charge, the prince of the air, and your job is to defeat him. And right now I'm going to teach you how to defeat the devil. Let us turn over to Galatians 5 and 19. Galatians 5 and 19. Because we got a warfare going on, and it's all through our Bible that we have a warfare, and we got to be able to stand against the wiles and tricks of the devil. You got to learn how to fight, but you got to have confidence in what you're doing. You can't tell the devil, leave me alone, and the devil's just looking at you, and you ain't trying to make him run. But the Bible tells us greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. It also tells us that uh, that we have power as if we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, that he would flee from us. So that's what he's supposed to do. We're supposed to make him run. We're supposed to make him fearful. We're supposed to, to, to batter him down with the word of God. For if he understands that the word is in you and you are in the word and he and you believe what the word says, then he cannot stand against you long. And, yes, the weapons will come at you. That's why I said that uh, just because the weapon comes at you, it may not prosper, but it's going to come at you. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, but it didn't say it wasn't going to come at you. You're going to have trouble in this life, especially if you belong to Jesus. You can't walk around in no rose-colored glasses and think nothing's going to happen. It's the opposite. Open up your eyes 
get ready for the fight. Those that fight and win gets the reward. Those that fight and lose, you get you get something you don't want. Beat up. So this is why I teach our people that we're here to strive, we're here to fight, we're here to win, not to lose. We're here to live holy lives and not to fall backwards. We're here to rejoice in the word of God and let it forever rejoice because even though we're going through things, we overcome, we fight. But the things that defeat us is what I'm getting ready to read right now, Galatians 5. And let's talk about it. Let's go 5 and uh, 14, 5 and 14. And it says for this, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, when you love yourself, because that's what most people, they don't even love themselves. So how are they going to love somebody else? When you love yourself, knowing that God created you so you love God more than you love anybody, you love him, and then you love yourself, then your job is to treat others the way you want them to be treated or the way you want to be treated. Love them. Love them. Your neighbor. I didn't say love everybody because everybody's not your neighbor. Everybody's not uh, a brother to you or a sister to you. There are some that are of the devil. And they're here to steal, kill, and destroy. But 15 says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another or destroyed by somebody else because you're against them, they're against you. This I said then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. First of all, as I told you, most people read over things and don't even understand when it says walk in the spirit, with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words at the same time. So you have to find out why is it saying uh, in the spirit. The word, one of the words for spirit is understanding. Now watch how much sense this makes. It says, then I said, walk in the understanding and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh or the carnal mind. For the flesh lusts against the understanding and the spirit or the understanding against the flesh. They are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do these things that you would. But if you're led by the understanding, see how it changed so much and makes it a lot more understandable? You are not under the law. In other words, he said, now listen, if you understand what the word is teaching, if you understand what does this mean, if you'll understand it with Hebrew words, and you got to remember, we're reading English words, they might interpret it one way, but it could be interpreted another way. That's why we have these different versions in the Bible. You have the uh, King James Version, the New King James Version, the Rotham Version. You have uh, the Standard Version, the American Standard you got all these things, and if you read them all, you'll see a little bit different words. And why do they get these different words? It's because of Hebrew words can be different things at the same time. And they put it according to what they think you will understand, whoever's writing this thing, according to what you might understand. 
But as you understand the word more, then it gives you a different uh, perspective or a different outlook, and it gives you more power to fight against the works of the enemy. Now, let's look at what the works of the enemy is, and that's under uh, the 19th verse. It says, now the works of the flesh, that's the enemy, carnal-minded, are manifested, are made plain, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emotion, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envying, murder, drunkenness, reviling, such and such like, uh, these which I tell you before, as I've always told you in the past, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, if Paul says this, then you should know, understand what does he really mean. And some things that we don't know what it is, we just read over them. That's what I was talking about earlier. We read over them without trying to even go look them up. Now, let's go back to 19 again. It says, the works. That means there's more than one thing of the flesh are manifested, which are adultery. For those who don't know what adultery is, it's a married person having sex outside of marriage, not having sex with their own partner that they swore that they're going to be true to and stuff. So that is a violation of what you don't want done to you. That's why when we look all we had to do is go all the way back to that first thing. It says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Your mate is your neighbor. Your brother is your neighbor. Your friends are your neighbors. Your relatives are your neighbors. Do unto them the way you'd want to be done. You don't want them to be with your partner. Don't be with theirs. It says fornication. Fornication is sex between Unmarried people, and understand this, and and it ain't easy not to have sex if you're a, a vibrant young man or young woman, and you're not married. You need to hold yourself and find somebody that you love so you can marry to give to each other. God has created sex for a purpose. And that is for uh, to bring up forth other children, and it also to show our our feelings one to another. Because sex is a way of releasing that that pinned up feeling, and that you can enjoy each other. But you have to do it lawfully, and that is to go ahead and get married. If you got a boyfriend that says. Well, I love you, and y'all been together for 10 years, and you ain't got married. You need to do something about that. Dropping. Hell ain't worth going to. Punishment is not worth going to. I'm just trying to tell you, it's making it better on yourself. Uncleanness. Lucidiveness. Now, most people say, what is lucidiveness? It's uh, making comments like uh, you wink at a woman sexually. And you ain't doing nothing but flirting. And the way you did it, it was, uh, well, let's say, uh, 
for your old for your old men, you know what I'm talking about, taking your finger and, and scratching the prom of another woman. Or kind of winking at them like, Hey, I want I don't just want to know you, I want to know you. And women, they do the same thing. They do the same thing. We're supposed to be making a covenant with our eyes and with our hands and things. Let's do what is right. All right? Idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is anything you put before God. It could be money. It can be your time. It can be your family. Well, God knows I got to spend time with my family. My family, what happened to all the rest of the time you could have spent with them? Give God his time, then give your family their time. But I'd be too tired to give them any time after that. Listen, if you love somebody, you'll make time. So you want to make sure you stay away from idolatry. The next thing is witchcraft. What is witchcraft? It's the same thing as rebellion. In other words, you rebel against whatever God says you're supposed to do, and you said, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yes. Does it have to do anything with sorcery? Sometimes. Or curses, sometimes. But the main thing, witchcraft means rebellion. Another thing that is made of the flesh, hatred. You will never get healed hating somebody. You'll never be saved not forgiving somebody. When they hurt you five years ago and you're still holding on to that anger and that pain, if God did that against us, you wouldn't like it. So don't do something that you know God is not going to uh, agree with. Hate somebody, be mad at somebody, but get over it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Pray that, that they will ask for forgiveness if they did wrong, or if you did wrong, go to those people and apologize. All right. Then it says, um, strife. You you met people in your life that goes around starting stuff. They just they're not happy unless they can get somebody to start an argument. And then they sit back and laugh at you, like the old cartoons where they take a, a rock, hit your window, and say, "I didn't do it. Somebody else did it." Just so you be arguing with somebody else over something. Then it says uh, uh, emotion which is jealousy. In other words, people are jealous over everything you have. You buy something, they want to buy something. Keep it up with the Joneses and stuff. And then there's uh, sedition and heresy. Heresy is to believe wrong doctrine, or another word, poison. People say, well, my, my church believes this, and my church believes that, and a lot of people don't even know what their church really believes. They don't know their doctrine. But you need to check it out, like uh, Jehovah Witnesses. They don't know about what their doctrine is, that they used to prophesy that the world was coming to the end, and it didn't come in the 18. It didn't come in 1914 with Judge Rutherford. It didn't come in 1944. It didn't come in 1960. That is a false teaching. That is poison. You need to get away from folks like that. Or the Mormon church. The Mormon church, when they first started off, they did not believe, and that's Joseph Smith, did not believe in a man having more than one wife. 
Joseph Smith believed in one man, one wife, but the church didn't know that. They didn't know that Joseph Smith used to do exorcism, but you don't. They don't know that because they don't search, and they let people into their organization that changes the original things as it was. So that's why churches become what they call cults. That's why they're taught, they're teaching witchcraft, and the churches don't know it. It's rebellion. Anything that goes against God's word is rebellion. Then it says, envy, murderer, drunkenness, revival, of such. But I tell you before, and I've also told you in time past, that is what do these things shall not. It didn't say that they might. It says shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, first of all, what is the kingdom of God? So if you don't know what it is, how are you going to inherit it, and how are you going to miss what you don't know what it is? The word of kingdom of God means rules. See, if you say kingdom, what's in the kingdom is the king. And what does the king do? He makes rules. Then it said of God. Most people are just thinking about a being. But if you notice, that is a small G-O-D. It is not talking about a being. It's talking about the word. And the word is the scriptures. So Read and understand the rules of the scriptures, and you'll be blessed. And if you do that, then Psalms, I mean, uh, 22 will come in where it says, but the fruit of the spirit or understanding is joy, love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. When you walk in the understanding of what the word of God says, this is what you'll have. And it says the spirit is. It didn't say spirit are. So it means this one thing is what the spirit is. If you, got, if you have uh, understanding, you'll have love. If you have understanding, you'll have joy. If you have understanding, you will have peace. If you have understanding, you'll have long-suffering. These are the things that become a part of you the more you have an understanding. And the way you can have meekness, that don't mean weakness. Meekness means you have power under control and that you're willing to do everything you can to help a person. And because of that, when you need some help, help or you're going through some problems, God will remember you. And anything that you violated, the law will not touch you. And it says on 24, and they that are Christ have crucified, killed their ego, the flesh, with, an art, with affection and lust. The more you understand about what God requires of crucifying your ego, the less you go out doing other things. Most men, if they're chasing women, it's because of their ego. They say, I, I've been with this woman, that woman, all these women. And it does nothing but de- destroys your body, and you spend a lot of money. These women, uh, I got this man and that man and everything, and what are you doing? Wearing down your body. And those persons will be gone. And they'll be laughing at you. They call you different names, just like they call men different names. And it ain't good. But if you understand, God's way is to help us, and it's there so that we can have life. And it says, um, 25th, 
If we live in the spirit or understanding, let us also walk in understanding. Let us not be derisive of vain glory or pride. That's what got Satan provoking one another, envying one another, because the day is coming soon that all those that humble themselves will enter into the kingdom of God. If you humble yourself, you will enter into the kingdom of God. You give yourself to the Lord. You stop with all this stuff of uh, fornication, adultery, lying, stealing, murdering, all this stuff, thinking, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? Get away from that. What about me? And wonder, what can I do? First of all, to show I love myself and then to love others. All right. Uh, Dorothy, do you have any comments or anybody calling in? Or will you give them the number? The number is 646-595-4784 and push one so we know you want to present a question. 646-595-4784. Okay. Do you have any comments? Or any questions? No. No, I'm just mm. enjoying the study. Okay. Um, yeah, just... I like the way you keep coming back that we got to get rid of our selfishness and our ego. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's going to destroy us if we don't do those things. i got people now that says. I can't forgive somebody. And the Bible says if you don't forgive, God can't forgive you. And if he doesn't forgive you, you're on your way to hell. That's the thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't understand that. They need to take that to heart because that also opens doors and and creates bitterness and anger and depression. I mean, there's a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of mess associated with that one. And see, a lot of times people don't realize that's what causes a lot of cancer. And they say, well, yeah. I ain't being angry at nobody. I don't mad at each other. But the thing is, you got family members that put curses on the family because they got unforgiveness. And they don't put it on their kids. And the children end up having cancer and stuff like that. And they don't know why. It's because unforgiveness is a spirit. And it travels in uh, areas that it is welcomed in. And when people say, I refuse to forgive, oh, you didn't open up a door. Uh-uh. Yep. Uh, so ain't nobody out there to call in? As I tell people, call in, nope. it helps my time to go faster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because some of the miracles I see at our churches and stuff, where I go to is like blind eyes open. Now, how many churches do most people see blind eyes open? <laughs> or how many churches do they you see people that's deaf and dumb be able to hear and speak? Or people that's leg is shorter than the other, and all of a sudden you see it grow out. In other words, just what the Bible says, that our God is a miracle-working God, he is. Our God is not dead. He's alive. And because of that, 
we're supposed to be alive because we live in him. In him we have our our being and everything. Excuse me, I'm trying to get myself comfortable. We just had someone raise their hand. Let me see if I can get the mic open. Okay. Oh, I hate it when this studio does this. Come on, I'm clicking on you. You're supposed to open. Okay. Area code 816, your mic is finally open. Area code 816 550. Yes. Okay, your mic is open. Took a while, but I got it. My question is. Okay, so how do you begin the process of um, apologizing when you don't think that person will accept it? Oh, that's a good question there. Because nobody likes to be rejected. And that's what that is, a spirit of rejection. And you also have the spirit of fear because they're going to reject you. But the best thing is face your fears. Face your fears. And so by understanding whatever the problem is to uh, reconcile with that person and let them know the truth. And if they reject you, you've done your part. Hopefully they will, the Lord will soften their heart and that they will change. Like uh, to give you an example, in the Bible, it talks about Esau and uh, Jacob. Well, if you notice, he was scared of his brother because he stole his, his uh, stole his birthright. But in the end, yeah. when he came back, his brother was not bad at him, yeah. and he received his brother without killing him, even though he stole his birthright. Right. And the. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you never know what God's going to do for that person. And to uh, and that's why I tell people, live by what the Word says and not what we feel. Did I answer your question? Right, uh, pretty much. Do you have any more? Pretty much. Okay. Do you have any more questions? No, sir, I don't. Oh, okay. Are you enjoying the broadcast? Yes, I am. All right, thank you. I mean, you ain't got to say it. I just, I just ask everybody because, listen, I never know what the Lord's going to tell me to teach on. I don't try to hold back nothing, and I, I see signs and wonders. That's why this name of the program is Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Well, thank you for calling in. Thank you for answering my question and taking the time up with me. Amen. Is there anybody else out there? This is a good time to call in because I'm only in here one one day out of every two weeks. And a lot of times you have questions about demons or devils or principalities, and you need to know the difference among these things. And you need to know how to put on the whole armor of God. you got to understand what is our warfare and what is our weapons and what is our defense. But if you call in that way, we can talk one-on-one. 
All right. You got anything else, Dorothy? Any more comments or anything? Well, one thing I was thinking when we're when she was talking about forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, um, one of the things that I found is if you go through the Old Testament laws and then put the spiritual spin on them, you know, the New Testament spin, you can get an idea mm-hmm. of what, you know, ap- ways apologies should take place or, you know, restoration or it gives you a good idea. Not that you have to live that to the, you know, letter T, but it just gives you an idea. And then just, like I said, put the spiritual aspect of the New Testament on it. You know, if you have offended somebody, what can you do to apologize and make it, you know, give restoration, offer restoration? And if someone has offended you, how would you accept the restoration being offered? So it's, you know, the the schoolhouse of the Old Testament, I find very helpful in these things. Amen. That's all I've got. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll continue on here to uh, Acts 17. And uh, let's just see a lot of stuff that we have been taught and and we need to get the understanding of things. Acts 17, it says, Now when they had passed through Philippians and Apollyon, they came into Thessalonica, when, where was a synagogue of the Jews. Now the word synagogue is another word for like we say church. It's a gathering place. Now, with the Jews, they can have 10,000 synagogues, but they can only have one temple. With us, we can have uh, 10,000 churches, but no specific synagogue, or with the Catholic Church, they call it the Vatican. But the thing is, we're not under the Vatican. We're what called Protestants. In other words, we build against their teachings. And that's because the Catholic Church is not the original Catholic Church of where Paul and them started. The word Catholic means universal church. It was where all the Jews, all the Gentiles, they all came and met as one. Now, did they always meet on a Sabbath day? And what did they teach on a Sabbath day? And what did they do on a Sabbath day? The thing is, our Bible teaches, as you know, I've taught you all before, on Acts 15. We got on, as a Gentile nation, because we were not brought up as Jews. We Most of us do not speak Hebrew. We have no understanding of Hebrew. So God is very merciful. And he says, because you're not brought up as a Jew, because you have not been brought up in these things all your life, he said, I give you mercy. I give you another understanding, which they should have had. The church of Jews should have had the understanding. These things are called, and if you talk to a a Jewish rabbi, he'll tell you, they are not called the Ten Commandments. 
They're called the Ten Instructions. Yes, it's a little stronger than just uh, instruction, but that's what it's called, the Ten Instructions. First of all, first instruction, you shall love God. And who is God? The Word. Love God more than anything else. And you would not make idols or little dials and stuff that you can help you focus in on who God is. You don't worship those things. Our God is an invisible God. And he's the God of, uh, and gave us the word. It said, you worship me in spirit and in truth. I taught you earlier, what is one of the words for uh, spirit? It means understanding. And then when it says and truth, it means understanding in the truth of what the word says. Get with all your getting, get an understanding. When you get an understanding, you'll find that God is not like us. They always want to have rules and bend over our heads, and anytime time you mess up, he wants to hit you in the head and stuff. But he wants to keep us into his fellowship to be like him, where he shows love. That's why, as we read in the 16th, where it says, uh, I mean, where we read in uh, Galatians, where it says, you, this is what it's all Put together means one thing, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, he could have said just love thy neighbor, but he kicked in there uh, as yourself. In other words, you can't love your neighbor until, first of all, you love you. Well, I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, soul, and your mind. That's right. So you better love what God created. He created you. You are created in his image and likeness. But we, witchcraft, can rebel and do the things we want to do. So that's why we strive every day to be more like him instead of like ourselves. So anyway, we're talking about the synagogue. The word synagogue, as I told you, means gathering place. And it says, too, and Paul, after his manner was, went into them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. You notice, what did I tell y'all? If you'll work the word, the word will work for you. He uh, used the scriptures. He tried to explain to them the scriptures. And he said, as a matter of him, who is him? Paul was a Jew. He was Jewish. They had 613 laws to keep. Now, if you want to be Jewish, keep all 613 laws and you got it made. But if you mess one of them up, you broke all 613 laws. It's better to live by grace. Knowing what he done told us, he said, what God requires of us to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with the God. And who's God? The word. And what does the word say? That uh, you will not eat, you will not uh, worship idols. You will not drink blood. You will not eat things that uh, died of itself. And anything else you really need to learn, some Jew, that I, I go to rabbis, because that's what I do. I, I go to the synagogue, and I listen to the Jews to teach me things. Well, our day of, uh, of, the, of worship should be Sunday. No, it doesn't. The Bible says that any day could be your worship. I can worship seven days a week, or I can worship one day a week. If I worship, I worship unto my God. If I don't worship, I worship not unto my God. But either way, it's between me and God. The Bible says, the just shall live 
by faith. And then the other part of it says the just shall live by his faith. Nobody can teach you how to do that. You got to have trust for yourself in what God says. You got to hear the word of God for yourself. And since if you don't hear the word of God, then you need to read the word of God because that is still God talking to us. When you hear God's voice through the word, he opens up your understanding. He gives you a new outlook. And that each time you start studying, and, and, and I, many of you who have really studied the Word of God, you'll study and read something this week or next month and say, well, you know, that's different from what I read before. I got a better understanding because each time you go, it's from faith to faith, glory to glory. We're not here to stay on this earth permanently. We're only passing through. We're pilgrims. This is not our home. If you stop trying to figure out how you're going to stay here and live, stop it. Your job is to tra- change. This is the dress-up room. You're in school. Get through this school, go to heaven, and then when we come back, we'll rule and reign. People talk about going to heaven and have their houses and mansions up there on three, but the Bible says we're going to rule and reign here because Jesus is going to be here. Why would I want to be in heaven if Jesus is going to be on the earth? Think about that. The word says that we'll be here at ruling and reigning for a thousand years. Then after that comes the great white throne judgment. That's when all the sinners get their reward. That's when all the saints get their reward. We're all going to appear before the great white throne judgment. It's called the Bema. And everything that you've done bad, and you haven't repented from, it's going to be used against you. The devil is your uh, prosecutor. And believe me, he's got a good book on you. But if Jesus had blotted it out, that's why it says, you got to know the word. He said, I will blot out all those transgressions. It's in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms. Learn Psalms. There's 150 of them. And see what does the word say for you. Learn uh, Deuteronomy about the blessings and the curses. A lot of times people are cursed because they don't know about the curse and they don't know how to break it. But it's in a book of Psalms where it says, an undeserving curse cannot land. So in other words, if you keep your life pure before the Lord, a curse cannot land on you. But how many of us live a perfect life? Some of us leave a door open or a portal open where the devil says, I got a legal right, and he'll send a spirit against you. Is there such thing as generational curses? Yes. You ain't did nothing, but your your relatives did something way back when. It don't have to be way back when. It can be what we call lateral. In other words, your uncle, your aunt did something. And say, well, I'll give you my nieces, my nephew. And you ain't did nothing, but yet still a curse has came upon you. You can do self-fulfilling curses, and you can have curses put upon you by other members. You'll never be anything. You're always dumb. You're just like your daddy. You're just like your mama. You'll never be anything of yourself. Then you get to talking self-fulfilling curses. I never have anything go right. Everything always go wrong for me. Never nothing was going to go right for me. Well, you're speaking curses on your life and the devil is waiting for that because he can't do anything 
until a legal right is open. And you have the power, because God gave it to us. He said, you got the power of life and death in your tongue. You have the power to speak blessings or curses. When you look at uh, the uh, curses that God put in the Bible and stuff, he tells you all these things which would bring curses upon you. Then he tells you all the things that bring life to you or blessings. And then he tells you, choose life. Choose the blessings. Learn to live with people, even though some of them will work your last nerve. Some will just just do everything to irritate you. Well, realize they ain't your, they ain't your neighbor. They are probably a child of the devil, and you got to fight them in the way that we are taught to fight them and let them know, hey, look, you're not going to make me lose my salvation. You're not going to make me go to hell. I'm going to do it the way the Word says, which is God, because it says real quickly, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And because of that, this is why Paul was reasoning about them out of the scriptures. And what was he doing? He was teaching them the gospel. That's what number three is. And what is the gospel? It is the good news. And what is the good news? Prophecy. All from Genesis 3, 15, to the last word in uh, uh, Revelation 22, where the word says, amen. It's all prophecy. We're the only one. It has this, the knowledge of what the Bible says is going to happen from the end to the beginning and from the beginning to the end. If we obey that and get an understanding, we can change our realities. We can change the way that we live. And if enough of us get together, we'll change the world. Look at the devil. He's got enough people with him. He changed the world some of the things that people are doing now, no way they would have did these back in the old days. But because enough, the devil's people got together and the Christian people didn't fight, then they kicked God out of school. I remember when I used to go to school, we said the Pledge of Allegiance and prayer. In other words, we were devoted to God and we were devoted to helping making our country better. But now it's all about me. What do I want? What do I deserve? What am I supposed to get? And don't realize, foolish person, that you're going to die. And this world was made for God and his pleasure, not yours, his pleasure. So anyway, that's what the scriptures are out. When he said out of the scriptures, he argued out of uh, what the prophecy said about this man that was going to be brought into this world, he would be the anointed one, which was Jesus. He would suffer and die and then raise from the dead, and he'd be waiting till his church is made ready, which is the gathering place, and that he will judge them and he will rule and reign, and we are with him. We will rule and reign for a thousand years. So let's continue on. Opening and alleging or proving that Christ must need suffer. See, I told you, he talked about the person. It's all about prophecy. And again, rise from the dead, that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. In other words, he was arguing out of the scriptures. He said, now we know there's supposed to be somebody supposed to come along, and he's going to be the Christ, and he's going to be the one that God chose, and that the world's going to be ruled and 
judged by him and that we're all going to submit unto him. And this same Christ is now who we call Jesus. He is the word. He is a man. He is not a God. Jesus is not God. Wait a minute. You saying he's not God? Jesus is the man. Christ is the God. That's why there two are one. It, the Bible keeps trying to tell you, the two are one. Jesus said, me and the Father are one. He is one because he is of Christ. He is the anointed one. He was the chosen one before this earth was ever built, before Adam even came into existence. God had already chosen this Jesus, this one, to be the head of all the world. And that the world through him has to be saved. The world through him. That's why it says there's only one mediator. Y'all look it up in your own Bibles. There's only one mediator between God and man. And then it says the man, Jesus, Christ Jesus. The man, the man. All right? Maybe once you get to reading and studying, you'll get an understanding that we're here because of God's pleasure, not ours. We're here to prove that God is right and the devil is wrong. We're here to not to rebel, but to submit unto God and resist the devil. All right? Then it says in the fourth verse, it says, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Cyrus and another devout or religious Greeks with great multitudes and the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took in unto them certain lewd fellows of the basic sort, and gathered a company, and set all these cities in the uproar, and assailed the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out of the people. Now here's the thing. Remember it says devout Jews. That's another word of saying Gentile. They're believers in God. They're believing in the Yuhe, uh, Vahe. In fact, about it, <laughs> uh, you know, we go around saying Yahweh or Yahweh or Yah something else. But the, op- the real way of pronouncing that, nobody knows. That's because once a year, once a year, the high priest goes in the Holy of Holies And he says it once a year. And he teaches the other high priest that goes in there when he, you know, getting ready to give up his position. He teaches him. So nobody knows how to pronounce that word. But we know how to call it his uh, characteristics. When we say Yudhei Vahei, Yud is the tenth letter of the Hebrew letter, which means eternal. Hey means thought, speak, action. Va means to connect. And the next word is hey again. Thought, speak, and action. So it's the eternal touch uh, using his uh, thought, speak, and action to connect to what he created. And who's, what did he create? He created Jesus or Adam. We call it the first Adam and the second Adam. But as I said, there's so much to learn. So much to learn. The main thing is, if you want to keep it simple, learn to control yourself, learn to bless others, and stay out of trouble with God. I mean, it's simple. All right? 
it says uh, these people that were, uh, you know, in the fifth verse where it says that these were unbelieving Jews and stuff, and they were lewd fellows of the basic sort. In other words, they were saying all kinds of bad things about women and stuff. In other words, they were that word that we looked at earlier, lasciviousness. And they did that so they could start arguments. And then it says in the sixth verse, and when they had found them not, they they drew Jason and certain brothers of the rulers of the city, crying, they have turned the world upside down and are come here too. Those that turn the world upside down are in here. In other words, how do they know what the world has been turned upside down? They ain't been outside their own city, whom Jason received. And all these do contrary to the decree of Caesar, Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city. And when they heard these things, and when they had taken secured uh, and taken and secured Jason and of the others, they let them go. In other words, here they are. These people are trying to start trouble. That's the way the devil is. No matter what, you're going to have trouble because the devil don't like you. So you you got to get built up and don't like the devil and learn how to fight. Sometimes in, when we're doing deliverance, I'll ask the demon. And why? Because I'm I'm trying to see if, if you know, is he a weak demon or a, or a big demon? And I say, you don't like me, do you? Well, if he's a weak demon, he's not going to say nothing. He just back down. If he's a big demon, he's going to let you know he ain't scared of you. No, I don't like you. It's good. I don't like you either. That's the thing. We're in war. And it's the one who's the strongest wins. That's why the, Jesus talked about, you know, the strong man. Because a, a stronger man enters into that man's house, and he spoils his house, or he takes over, and he takes his goods with him. But if you're the stronger man, if he breaks in, like I give you an example. Here's this man breaking in your house. He, he stands about four foot and one. Ain't got no gun. All he's doing is just talking and trying to break in your house. There you are, six foot two, carrying about a uh, 357 Magnum or a uh, Glock or an M16, and you're looking at him. You're going to laugh. That's what the devil is. He's a little bitty thing trying to get you scared by his talking, and you got all kinds of weapons from the most high God. Use them. When they knock on your door, they should be scared and ready to run. You notice those that know their God, and that comes out of the book of Daniel, are able to do great exploits or great miracles. Why? Because they know their God. They know their word. They understand the word. They receive the word with joy. They make their God happy. That's why we have that scripture. If if I make God happy, God will make me happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. I make him happy, he makes me happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what we're talking about. See, once the more you understand, the easier the gospel gets for you. The more you understand what the gospel is really about, prophecy, that we that God is not a liar and that whatever he said will come to pass. Not maybe, it will come to pass. And the more we practice what the word says, the stronger we become, the weaker the devil is. And then you start to understand there is people that's put in your life to trouble you. 
They're there to make problems for you. But you can overcome them by not losing your temper, doing trying to be as best you can, but don't let them make you a doormat. You let them know, hey, I have the most powerful one living in me. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And if I submit myself unto God, resist the devil, you're going to have to run from me, devil. Run. All right. The 10th verse says, And the brothers immediately sent away Paul and Cyrus by night unto Berean, who, who coming hither went to the synagogue of the Jews. And the word synagogue, gathering place. And they were more notable noble than those at Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, searching the scriptures. See how important it is? But see, God likes to hide things. And he hides things all through the Bible. And he tells you, search them out. Search them out. Get an understanding. With all you're getting, get an understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. But with all you're getting, Get an understanding. What is the most thing to get? Get an understanding. Don't be confused. Get an understanding. Study the word. Get an understanding. And the more you do, the more you'll search the scriptures, the more you'll receive things. And if you notice, they said they searched the scriptures. There's an S on that. Daily. Daily. Whether those things were so. In other words, I don't tell y'all to believe what I say. I tell y'all to study the Bible for yourself. Get in there and get hungry enough to where you'll do what I used to do. And not that I'm bragging or anything, but I used to stay in the library 14 hours a day studying the gospel. I didn't have to understand everything I do. I just studied it. I used to take out a uh, what they call those uh, strong concordance, and I tried to memorize every word in the strong concordance. So when I seen something, I would have an understanding what does this really mean? And then I, uh, as a lexicon and all these other things, I studied the different languages. What does this, uh, what does it mean in Greek? And what does it mean in Hebrew? And what does it mean in English? And what does it mean in Old English? You know, I didn't learn it all. I still don't know it all. I still know about a fraction of, the, of those books. But the thing was that fraction helped me to look deeper into the word that God has things. And then he tells us to search it out. Then it says, the 12th verse, Therefore many of them believed, also the honorable women, which were Greek, and of men, not a few. In other words, here they are talking about the Gentile women. They had no covenant with God, but they received the Lord Jesus Christ. They received Yahweh. They received the Jewish God, and because of that, even though they were not born Jews, they received the same uh, spirit that the Jews received, all right? But they don't have to keep the 613 laws, thank God, and neither do the men. And when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul and uh, Berea, they came hither also and stirred up the people. In other words, people are going to cause you problems. Here they coming from another town because these people are receiving the word with understanding and they they're accepting it. Then here they come up to start the people into a mob against them. 
Then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go to uh, go as it were to the sea, but Cyrus and Timotheus uh, abode it or stayed where they were at, and they conducted Paul, and they that con- uh, conducted Paul brought him to Athens and received the commandments from Cyrus and Timotheus for them to come to him with all speed. They departed, but when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Now, the word spirit here means his emotion or feeling or sixth sense. See, that's why I'm saying you got to understand. Hebrew words can be 10 different words, 10 different words. And if you notice, they use a little s here. The other ones, they use a bigger s, understanding and stuff, okay, and stirred him. And when he saw the city holy, given unto idolatry, he was angry. <laughs> Therefore, dispelled him in the synagogue of the Jews and with the devoted people and in the market, daily with them that met him. There were certain philosophers of the Epicurean of the uh, Surrey encountered him and said, what will this babbler say? Others some, he seemed to be settled forth of strange God because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection, which was part of the prophecy. They said the one who is the the uh, anointed one, the Christ, he'll do three things. He'll be able to heal a blind man that was blind at birth. You go back and search the scriptures, you'll find that Jesus healed a man that was blind at birth. They said also... Uh, he was uh, able to heal a leopard. He didn't give him no medicine. He spoke a word, and the leopard was healed. And there were several other prophecies. There's over 100 and some prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, and that the name was that he would die and be resurrected back to to life. Well, is there anybody else that hasn't been resurrected? Yeah. There were Egyptians. But none of them were born of a virgin. See, the thing is, if you're going to be God, you got to have it 100%, not 99 and 44%, 100%. So what he prophesied, Jesus fulfilled. Jesus is the true God. All right? It says... uh, Is there anybody out there? I'm trying to give you a chance to call in and ask questions or make comments. No. No, nobody's okay, calling. Will, will you give them the number again? I'll tell you. I'll give the number again. 646-595-4784. When you were talking about those mobs coming over from the neighboring city, I kept... I, thing that popped into my head was those liberals who do that to speakers that want to mm-hmm. go places, how they just mob up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never, oh, yeah, dude, look I've what never they made did that to... association before. Yeah. Yeah, all you do is look what they did to Trump. There ain't no other yep. you've ever heard all these people getting together, arguing, mad, a mob. That's what it was. And that shows you that they were wrong. 
That's why I tell people, read the Bible for yourself and get an understanding for yourself. Yeah. Well, I'll continue on, and then I'll say, I'll be gone for two weeks. So let's start at 19 again. And when they uh, and they took him and brought him to R.E.P.S. saying, may we know what's this new doctrine where you speak of, and thou bringest certain strange things in our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. In other words, they were smart enough to say, look, let's get an understanding. For the Apostinians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but rather to tell, to hear something new. <laughs> then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that all things that you are too superstitious, for I have passed by and beheld your devotion. I found an altar in this inscription to the unknown God, whom you are ignorantly worshiping, him I declare unto you. In other words, he said, the one that you put down, unknown God, the one you don't know about, this is the one I'm trying to tell you about. He's the real God. He's the true God. He's the one that the, the prophecy talked about. Then 24, it says, and then made the world, uh, that made the world and all things there, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelling not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands, even though he need not any, as he need anything, seeing that he gives to all life, breath, and all things, and made one blood, one blood, all nations of men, for to dwell upon the face of the earth and determine the things before a task before appointed prophecy, prophecy, and the bound of their habitation, then that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For he, for in him we live, move, and have our being. Certainly also as our own poet said, for we are the his offsprings. Furthermore, further much, then as we are the offsprings of God, we ought to not think that the Godhead is like unto a gold, silver, or stone uh, uh, graven by art or men's desire. Let's go back a little bit on that. When it tells us, he says, now listen, the God that we serve, the one I'm trying to tell you about, he isn't like what we think. When it says not made by man's hands, the word in Hebrew hands can also mean thoughts. Now what we think, he is who he says he is, not what we think he is. He said that's why we use the idols and stuff and worship those things. But he said, look, we're in him if we understand. We're, we're the ones in him. He gives us life. We have our breath. Everything is in him. And they said we are all made of one blood, all made from one blood. If you cut yourself, you will bleed red. Everything you notice, bleed red. Well, yeah, we have... A blood, B blood, B positive, O positive, and all negative and all that, but it's all red blood. And it's letting us know there's only one God that created us, the same one who gave us the blood. 
and then even in our poets, how we prophesy that uh, we are the offsprings or we're the sons of God. Yeah, we are. But the thing is, everybody is not the son of the most high God. They are the ones that are the demonic gods here, what we call demigods. And they, even they, and it says, the Bible says, every knee shall bow, not some knee, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess to the glory of God that Jesus is Lord or the commander or the king. And so we're at the uh, 30th verse, and the times of all, in the times of this, Ignorance, God winked at, and now commanded all men to uh, where to repent. No, God didn't whoop us back in those old days, but now He's telling us, "Look, I'm telling you who I am. I'm making it clear to you. Stop, uh, stop with the idol worship. Stop with the man's uh, tradition. That's what Jesus used to whoop the Pharisees about. Well, the law says this, and the law says this, but your tradition is of man." And you try to make the law of God of non-effect. God says, I want you to understand what I mean. I want you to see the prophecy. I want you to live right, judge right, speak right. Righteousness is of God. 31, it says, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by, the, by that man whom he has ordained. What man? Jesus, I keep telling you, he is a man. Wherefore, he shall give an assurance to all men in that he has raised him from the dead. Who did he raise from the dead? Jesus, the man. And when they hear of the resurrection of the dead, some mock, others says, we will hear thee again of this matter. In other words, no, this is too much for us to handle. Talk to me later about it. You don't know if you're going to live later. So Paul departed from among them. How did he ever? Certain men cleaved unto him and believed. Among them, which was uh, Dionysius, the uh, R.E. and a woman named Dan Amos, and others with them. In other words, there's some people that believe, and other people will not. Some will make fun of you, some of them may not. Some will mock you. Because of your belief. But the main thing is, you got to live by your faith. Don't worry about theirs. Worry about yours. Trust God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. That's in Proverbs 3 and 5. But another interpretation, as I said, with Hebrew words, you can interpret it different ways sometimes is stop trying to figure God out. God's already worked it out. Your job is just to walk it out. In other words, walk with understanding. Get the understanding you're supposed to have. Don't try to get everything. You'll go crazy. Understand the part that God has given you. To love God, obey God. What more do you need? Love God, obey God. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, went through as many scriptures as I can for today. The next one will start on uh, Acts, the 18th chapter. I've taught y'all signs and wonders and the miracles and stuff, and 
some of the things that I've seen. We had three people uh, that got healed Sunday at different places for back problems. How many churches do you see get people getting healed at their church service? The thing is, I'm trying to tell you, stop going to these dead churches or demand that these dead churches come back to life. Put a put a thing on your pastor and say, Lord, I mean, pastor, the word says this, why ain't we doing this? The word says cast out demons, why ain't we doing this? The word says pray for the sick and they shall recover, why ain't we doing this? And see what he says or what she says. If you're obeying the word of God, Jesus is with you. If you're not, he's not. Some of you just like, uh, as they say on the uh, schools, they put deep, they put God out of school. They didn't need him. They didn't want him. And look at what the mess the church, has, I mean, the school has went through now. How many schools have you heard shut up, children being killed, kids going in killing other kids? That's because they took God out of school and said that we can do it on our own. I was doing a uh, a deliverance recently. I had to cast out a demon, and this demon was called uh, Darwism. In other words, uh, evolution. It's a demon. But yet and still, they embrace that and don't realize there is a creator, the one that created the heaven and the earth. Darwin says, oh, it was accident, the Big Bang. And everything is just happen, happenstance. Well, I want to see a computer that built itself happenstance. It just accidentally ha- I want to see that. I want to see a car that built itself. If you got any kind of common sense, all you have to do is think. Ain't no car built itself. No plane built itself. No computer built itself. Neither did we build ourselves by accident because of an explosion. It took a designer to design us. And we still can't even make a computer as smart as our brain is. Also, if we had to look at some of our architects, the pyramids, we can't even do what they did back in the old days of making those pyramids that you can't even take a razor blade and put in between the rocks. And here we have lasers and all that stuff. So what makes you think that the Big Bang Theory is real? What makes you think that things just happen to happen and there's no creator? There is a creator. There is a God. And if you'll study his word, the more you will please him. And the more you'll please him, the more you'll understand that we're here to please him because he was lonely. There was nobody here but him. And he created beings to have fellowship with. And believe it or not, the ones he created, we, a lot of them have turned against him and want to rule themselves or rule God. If you ever find out, if you really read about the uh, Tower of Babel, you'll find out the reason God confused their their uh, language and stuff, because one third wanted to climb up there and take over heaven, the other third wanted to kill God, and the other one wanted to be like God. 
They didn't create heaven and earth. God did. So he was gentle to them. He didn't kill them. But there was a time where they could, uh, the earth thought nothing but continuously evil. Their thoughts was evil about everything. And because of that, God destroyed everything except eight people. He saved eight people out of the whole human race. So don't think that he won't do it again. Don't think that he'll, oh, he loves us so much that he, uh, he wouldn't destroy us because of we living in rebellion. God is a king, and because he is a king, he deserves the best that he can get. And the best is the best of, of everything, not the leftovers. <clears throat> I know a lot of preachers teach on uh, about the uh, sacrifice what Cain gave and and what Abel gave. They said, well, Cain gave uh, uh, his fruit, and Abel gave uh, his uh, lamb. And that's because it was a blood sacrifice. That's why God accepted. That is not what the Bible teaches. That's why you got to search the scriptures for yourself. It says that Cain gave what was left off the ground and gave it to God. And God told him, he said, if you had did well, in other words, give me the best, you'd have been blessed. But no, he gave him what's left off the ground. And he said, sin is at your door. You're missing the mark. You're just don't, you just don't really care about me. And if God takes his hands off of you, you're on your own. And all creation comes after you. All right. Well, this is, I'm asking again, uh, Dorothy, are you out there? Will you give them your uh, number where they can send it through PayPal and stuff for you? Okay. My PayPal is attached to my Hotmail account, which is D-C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, the number one, at Hotmail.com. Okay. What other programs do you have on there? Well, we do have Jameer on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And the other Wednesday that you're not on, it's usually Anthony Tijerina with uh, Be the Gospel, but right now he's in India. So, oh, okay. And he, um, I also have, yep, I have Jerry McGee. She's a deliverance minister, and she mostly teaches deliverance through repentance and going through scripture and getting yourself clean. Mm-hmm. You know, she does. She's not an exorcist like you are, but she's a deliverance pastor. Um, and her the name of her show is Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You know how hey, man. it's she's awesome. She's and she's in her eighties, mm-hmm. which is even more awesome oh. to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you. And, well, I'm glad there are programs have, on uh, like that. They, yeah, and then we have David Murray on usually mm-hmm. every other Friday, and the name of his show is uh, Zeal for Your House. So, yeah, we've got Great. some good teachers. Great. 
I think mm-hmm. I have the best teachers in the whole world, but I could be a little prejudiced. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, you people that's listening out there will turn into some of the other programs and stuff. Uh, right now, as you notice, I've just been teaching basically for you to study the scriptures for yourself. I have not yet into uh, curse breakings, which is something that we all need to do at least once a week, or stronghold breakings, which is at least to be done once a week. But as I say, the main thing is encouraging people to read. A lot of you have not read your Bible in so long, it's dust on it. A lot of you have not prayed, because there was this one preacher, he just got confessing recently. He said he hadn't prayed in over a year, even though he's got a big church, money's coming in all the time, but he's so busy doing everything, you know, to keep the church going, the money coming in and everything, new programs and everything, that he hasn't had time to pray. Now, if you're too busy to pray or too busy to read your word, you're too busy, and you need to slow down. You know what I'm saying? I tell people now, if you want a, a blessing from God, uh, read your scriptures, then pray. Read your scriptures and pray. The best scriptures to read is Psalms. Start off with Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. That means when you understand and when you don't understand, when you're confused and when you're not confused, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth your fruit in your season. In other words, knowledge is power. That's why he said my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power. And the more you put in there, in that brain of yours, which is a computer, the more power you will have in the spiritual realms, and you'll be able to see things that you could not see in the natural. God will bless you. God will open your eyes. God will open up your ears, and he'll give you spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, and that you'll be able to see the enemy as he come along, and you'll be able to judge what is happening, and how to survive in this last and evil days. All right. Do you want to go ahead and pray for us today, Dorothy? You put me on the spot today. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I think that's your job is to put people on the spot and get them motivated. (laughs) I hear you. Father God, I just lift every person in our listening audience up to you to have their needs met, the emotional needs, the the feeding needs of your word. Nourish them with your word. Uh, Give them a deeper understanding of what you expect from them. And teach them how to pray. Yes, Lord. And I lift up all my teachers. Give them words to feed the people. We need to fulfill that vision 
that you gave me for this ministry of the people standing there with their dishes asking for more food, more nourishment. You know your people are starving. Help us feed them what they need. Just as in the the natural, with the lack of nutrients in our foods nowadays, with the processed foods, the fluffy, ear-tickling stuff that's being taught is not nutritious. We need the real nutrition of your word. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, until next week, or I mean, in two weeks, you have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later. You have a blessed night. Good night, everyone. Keep looking to Father. <laughs>